Insecurity. We all feel it at times, that voice of self-doubt telling us we're not good enough to do something. We compare ourselves to others on television and social media, wondering when our perfect health will show up. We want to push the easy button. We procrastinate making healthy changes because we're afraid we won't be able to accomplish what we set out to do. But eventually, our health declines if we don't take care of it. Dr. Kell says most of us don't think about our health until we don't have it. He wants to help us establish a healthy routine to get us through dieting to the maintenance phase, where we can overcome self-doubt and be confident and healthy in our lifestyle. In last week's podcast, episode two, we talked about how Dr. Kelb made changes to his life by lifting weights and cutting back on junk food. He encouraged us to make that decision for ourselves based on how we feel, talked about what pitfalls to avoid and how to transition smoothly into the benefits of clearer thinking, a positive mindset, less pain, better moods, and greater success and happiness in life. On today's episode, we're diving into the biggest insecurities that prevent people from changing to a healthy lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on Episode 3 of Health Talk with Dr. Cal. I'm your host, Nikki Sterner, and I want to thank you for spending time with us as we discuss ways to empower you on your health journey. Tony Robbins said, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. We're going to talk today to Dr. Kel about some of the insecurities that we face when we're trying to make the change to a different lifestyle than what we were previously living, which can be really hard because, you know, we tell ourselves we're not doing it right or it's not worth it, it's too hard. You know, there's all sorts of things that we tell ourselves that create insecurities and make it harder than it really is. And so we want to dive a little deeper with Dr. Kell on that. So can you tell us about the biggest insecurity that prevents people from changing to a healthy lifestyle? Being able to accomplish what they set out to accomplish. I've found in my life that that's got to be one of the biggest drawbacks in this world with uh, trying to do something. Um, You make attempts to accomplish tasks, uh, set goals. You know, you may think back to your time as a child and as you began to learn as far back as you can go in your mind. Um, obviously, interestingly enough, we don't remember, at least most people don't remember what they were like when they were six months, one year, or a year and a half old. But that's the time when every child, uh, virtually every child, um, learns how to walk. And they go from laying there to crawling to walking. And I mean, I see it in my grandkids. He's these kids see everybody else doing it, and they want to do it too. You, you kind of think, how, how, you know, does a does a one year old really think that way or that deep? I, I think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they they want to copy everything we do, um, and that's what we do as we grow from, from being a child. We copy um, leads into the uh, really that question you asked. Uh, biggest insecurities are probably different for everyone. Um, and what mine are are different than what yours are, uh, but they may be the same as well. But if you're raised, you know, don't go everyone blaming their parents and their relatives for the way their life is, because um, I know it's easy to do mm-hmm. to, to get on that blame game. Um, but the simple fact is, if you were raised uh, eating a certain way, you're going to continue. You know, that's that's been your lifestyle. That's what you do. You do what your parents did. And if your parents weren't eating in a healthy way, it's most likely you're not going to be either. Um, it also then leads into your friends um, as you start to develop your friendships. And in uh, grade school, junior high and high school, you um, 
are affected and influenced by what they do, what they eat. And I mean, you know, it all goes back to, you know, you want good kids, get them, get them to hang out with good, other good kids. Um, mm -hmm. And not always an easy thing to do because kids tend to gravitate to whoever they feel comfortable with. And uh, um, sometimes they're more comfortable around kids that are doing things that really aren't that healthy, um, both emotionally and physically and mentally. Uh, and so you can get started off on a bad path with poor health from those early days, and it can just carry with you throughout your life to a point of where you just feel now I have I have no belief in myself or faith in myself that I could make any change, and and I can start it. I'm really good at starting things. I, I've started thousands of things in my life, and and mm -hmm. usually um, when it got hard, I stopped. Mm -hmm. I, I gave up and. And that's a common thing. And if and I can honestly say I have given up on many, many things that I started with because I didn't really do that well at, in the beginning with. I talked about track and, and school, you know, in, in junior high when I was a little heavy. If I had really wanted to, what, what would the thing I should have done then? If I'd really had like the mentor or, 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 or some kind of a friend that had given me some drive or, or, or uh, help. Um, but I didn't really have anybody. Didn't live around my grandmother. Maybe if I'd lived near her, she might have made the difference. But uh, I gave up. I quit. I'm like, I got last place. I didn't quit. On, it, it, it was it made it created to change my life because I felt like okay, I got. I, I'm not very healthy. I need to. I need to become more fit. Like the rest of these kids that are that are that are a whole lot better at doing this than I am. So what should I should have done? I should have been the kid who went out to the track. You hear the stories about the one who had those problems and then they went out the track and, and they they ran twice as far as everybody else did for the next, you know, several weeks and they made the team and by go goodness, by the end of the season they were they took state. <laughs> you know. Um those things actually happen. I didn't have that emotional state at that time to do that. Um and I think emotional state is a big one, uh, which is a catch-22 with the whole exercise and diet and everything else thing um, in the sense that it it boosts your emotions if you go do it. Uh, some people would go do it and start doing it and then reach a bunch of obstacles. The emotional stress and trauma they receive at that time combined with what they dealt with previously is too much. It overwhelms them and then they quit. Whereas if they would just continue and push through it and just not let all the stupid things said to them by their friends and family and, and, and especially the, the stupid things we all say to ourselves, um, if they just keep going, they'd find, you know, are they going to become, you know, the greatest guitar player in the world or, 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 or you know, win a marathon? No, yeah. probably not. Um, but that's not why you're doing it. Um, it, it, I think we all have those aspirations, especially when you're young. We want to be the best at something and be world renowned and known. We were, we were the on the top of the ladder. We got a gold medal, whatever, and that's wonderful. I think those goals are good, and 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 it's great for those who accomplish those things. Um, but the reality of it is, no matter how hard some of us try at something, uh, one thing or another, we're we're never going to be the the best at it, but we can be good at it and, and, and it can be a, an emotional boost to us and, and give us some self-esteem and 
that's important. The self-esteem aspect of it is so important to health. And, and, and that's again, goes back to the emotional side. Everyone has different insecurities. You're right. It's different for everyone. We're all raised a certain way. You know, we learn eating patterns from the time we're little and we develop exercise routines. You know, some of us are on basketball teams, volleyball teams, track, whatever. We learn things as we go. And sometimes it can be really confusing too. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there as far as changing to a healthy lifestyle. There's so many different fad diets that people get into and those are hard to maintain. I mean, my mom always told me like moderation and everything and I never believed her up until now. But I do understand, you know, it's hard to just eat fruits and vegetables or it's hard to just eat meats and fats. You know, it's it's hard to do such specific diets. It's, you know, really about maintaining a balanced lifestyle and food exercises all in there. Like you were saying, you know, it's easy to stop when it gets hard. So if you start something moderately, I think it's easier to maintain that and, you know, not have such high strict expectations for for yourselves. A lot of people just don't have that belief system, like you said, that emotional strength. Um, They've had trauma in their life or whatever that has, they've formed addictions and it's hard to overcome those things. I'm sure we'll get into that in future episodes, but I'm glad you touched on it. So if I don't make these changes, you know, where's my life going to go? What are the consequences of allowing that, those poor choices? It's pretty obvious, really. It's just a slow progression for some and a quicker progression for others into a state of poorer and poorer health. You see a lot of people in retirement communities and homes out there uh, who are in their 70s, 80s, 90s, um, <clears throat> some of them even in their 60s, which I don't want to mention, they, uh, um, that are given drugs every day. Uh, medications to maintain whatever physical ailment is they're suffering from, or sometimes an emotional ailment of some kind. And uh, of course, as they get older and older, they need more and more until their body finally gives out. But a lot of the drugs help to, I, mean, I look at my father who died at 89. Um, he had, he was on, uh, oh, he'd had a few different operations, all, all of them circulatory and related to his heart, and ultimately, uh, even after a, a heart valve replacement, eventually, it all stopped working. But in the last couple of years of his life, he had very poor quality of life. Well, that's just kind of where you go. You, you can't expect, you know, most of us have basic math, right, in school, all the way up, you know, through high school, the basic things of two plus two equals four. Um, <clears throat> you've heard the other term, term with computers, garbage in, garbage out. Um, there are many references, but I think people get the point that, um, if, if you don't follow the recipe, uh, the end result of the, uh, of, of the thing you made, it isn't going to taste like it's supposed to. And it's the same way with our bodies. If we just keep putting crap into our bodies and not exercising and not caring about our health, our health will decline. It just is a natural occur occurrence that exists in our world. It makes so much sense. I mean, you're talking about your dad dying at 89 and he had struggle, a lot of struggle this last few years of life. But if you look at children, I mean, today, I think a lot of them are suffering at earlier and earlier ages and are on medications. And it's not 
normal. I mean, the age at which people are suffering is going lower and lower and lower. I mean, I start started having chronic pain in my 30s. You know, um, I don't think my parents had chronic pain in their 30s. I, I think we're just being exposed to so many toxins and chemicals and our lifestyle has to be cleaned up at this point. I mean, it's not much of a choice anymore. If you want to have any quality of life, I think most of us really kind of do need to just start implementing things right away. There's no doubt the world's becoming more toxic. The air is becoming more toxic. Um, the things we touch, uh, handle each day, every, everything. There's dust. Uh, you know, it, it's it's so defeating to go wash your car because <laughs> the next day there's a layer of dust on it. Yeah. I, uh, and I see that. And um, and it, I don't remember it being that way when I was a kid. Maybe it was and I just didn't pay any attention. But um, there's a lot of stuff in the air that we're breathing in, uh, a lot of liquids, um, a lot of substances from makeups to deodorants to to lotions, everything mm-hmm. um, that we put on our bodies. Um, so, And some of those things are not healthy for our bodies, and, and people have the false illusion that, that they are because our government approves them. Um, True. And, uh, um, but studies show, um, and there's plenty of them out there, which ones are good for you and can cause health problems. And uh, so as we consider all these things, there's two ways to diet. We, we go back, we keep going back to the diet. That's what we were talking about. And we don't want this show to be about dieting, though it is a major part of having good health. You shouldn't be overweight. Um, being overweight is not a healthy thing. Um, but when it, with regards to dieting, there's really two types of diet. You do the crash diet where you want to lose a bunch of weight all of a sudden, and then you've got the person who wants to slowly lose their, their weight, or, or and then you have the actually a third um, where you um, maintain your weight. So um, there's different ways of doing things, and, and you've got to be able to – most people can't maintain their weight. That's the biggest single problem. People are yo-yoing up and down all the time. I'm a little heavy now. Oh, i got to lose weight for this thing. And so they have some form of motivation, and they go on a crash diet and lose 10 pounds. And, and then they're feeling pretty good for a little while, but they slowly get back and put the 10 pounds on. And, and oftentimes, a lot of people, they take off the 10 and they put back on 20 because um, they, they have that bounce-back effect. And uh, – but anyway, with relation, those are the those are the three ways. So you got to decide what you want to do. You know, it's the healthiest way is to slowly lose it uh, by eating properly and maintaining a type of and a way of eating. Um, and uh, um, you're going to be a yo-yo dieter if you don't do it that way. Um, but the easy way is to just crash diet, do your do your keto diet. Your Atkins, whatever you want to call it, it's all kind of the same thing from my perspective. It's basically a low-carb diet, uh, whether you go extra fat, extra meat. <laughs> those are your choices. Um, not a healthy diet. Not a healthy diet at all. Um, but a lot of people do it because they can dump the weight quick. Uh, but then they're right back, right back to it. So a lot of people have these insecurities, but they're not true. You're telling us they're not true and they can overcome them. You know, the, the defeating thoughts of, Oh, this is too hard, or this is, you know, not something I can maintain. You're saying that there is a balance in there for these people, for all of us to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, um, you know, we kind of talked a little bit earlier about it and that's when you first start something, how you run into a lot of opposition. Um, and I it, look at that 
one of the things I really want to give people through this podcast and maybe through some other sources in the future is help people understand about that whole process process emotionally getting through the the dieting phase to the maintain maintenance phase and then continuing to have a life where they they are happy with where they're at and it's not really an issue for them anymore they they don't really have to think about it they just kind of know what they're going to follow and do and they just now it's a routine and they'll just continue to live a good life in fact it it funny thing is most of us don't think about our health until we don't have it yeah, true. A, uh, um, it, it, we just kind of go on. If we can do everything, if everything works, we just go out and do our stuff. All of a sudden it doesn't work. Oh, my goodness. The world's exploding. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of all the time and money spent at the doc, at the, you know, go see your medical doctor and, and uh, um, or natural health care professional, whatever. Um, there's time involved. There's time involved in doing that. Your, your life's disrupted, and so is your pocketbook. And so um, what's the cost of that? The emotional strain that comes there? It's not to say that if you, you know, I don't want to give people the perception that if if I work out and if I eat right and I keep myself emotionally balanced that I'm never going to have any health issues. You know what? Some people don't. I, I've been, times to the hospital have been few. I had my tonsils out. And uh, other than that, um, oh, wait, no, I take that back. I fractured my my finger, too. Anyway, I went in, um, got some stitches in the forehead one time or hit myself in the face with a bat. We'll talk about that one later. <laughs> Why would you do that? Um, actually. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if I want to share that story. But anyway, don't play baseball with a basketball. Bad idea. Okay. Bad idea. Um, I, I swung that. That bat hit the basketball, nailed me right in the head. Anyway, uh, <laughs> bounced off the basketball. I wasn't strong enough to. Uh, oh, they, uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, that explains a lot. I know. <laughs> I know. Right. 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 My wife. You know. I, I'm glad to have that excuse. We should all have some kind of excuse for our yeah. mental disorders. Well. I think that about wraps it up for us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Kell, for talking to us today about our biggest insecurities that prevent us from changing to a holistic lifestyle. It can be hard at times, and uh, sometimes we need guidance to help us overcome that. Next episode, we're going to discuss the false beliefs that we can stumble upon and how we can work through them. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on this episode, and we'll see you next week. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. 
Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling.